Welcome everyone. We are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a leaning factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, you can give a COVID high five, uh, shoulder nudge, whatever is like socially distant, acceptable this crazy day in age and take a seat. And uh, everyone have a good Christmas. Good deal. Who is uh, thankful for the power of the gift return in Jesus name? Anyone in here? This is really probably the time to truly repent. Who is still not done with your Christmas shopping, right? And you're just telling the fam of some other town, yeah, postal service is just slower this year. Just let Uncle Sam take one for the team there. Any, anyone? Anyone? Okay. I think I did see one hand over here. So uh, everyone just say a prayer for, for that person over there. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And it's been an interesting morning because I, I will say I felt the Holy Spirit gave me a fresh word just for uh, Church Alive family here. And um, in each service, I, I have not been getting through the entirety of the message. I've just been taking it one point at a time. So uh, first service, I went over our first point. Second service went to point two. And this service, I'm going to be sharing point three with all of us. Uh, but I really do feel that it's a, a special word in season for you guys. And as I was praying about being with you this weekend, I felt, um, I really felt God press on my heart. I felt he said, tell them I'm a warrior. Really felt he challenged me to remind you that the God that we serve is a warrior. In Exodus, he reveals himself point blank. Scripture says, the Lord is a warrior the Lord is his name. Our God is a God who's not uncomfortable in the midst of a fight. Our God is a God who doesn't just have his will done when everything agrees with him, but he is sovereign, he is all-powerful, and he will have the final say. And when we look through scripture, we don't see God becoming, um, what, what's the word, maybe more more uh, civilized or better behaved as we turn through the pages of our Bibles. We see him from the beginning to the very end showing this behavior of being a warrior. And yet the good news is that he is not a warrior who comes in opposition to you. He's a warrior who comes to your defense. And when you look through the Gospels, all four Gospels, we see time and again, Jesus is, is presented as a tender warrior. As someone who fights what Paul calls the powers in the principalities to defend a humanity that can't even defend itself. That God comes into your story to do for you what you're powerless to do for yourself. I don't, I don't follow Jesus as a charity act towards him. I, I don't follow Jesus because um, I just think it's, it's kind of a good or a noble thing to do. I follow Jesus because I came to the end of my rope and I realized that left to myself, I am broken, 
that left to myself, I am a moral failure. That left to myself, I am, I am completely inadequate. And yet when I approach Jesus, I find a savior who doesn't stand against me in, in, in uh, condemnation and heaping judgment and guilt, but he is a God who comes to me and he, he takes everything that's low in my life and he raises it back up. He takes everything that's high and lofty and he brings it down. He takes everything that's crooked and he makes it on a straight path. And so I don't follow Jesus because I, I think it's nice or I think it's, it's just convenient. I follow him because I need him. I follow him because without him, I am, I am an absolute failure. And the reality is, with all due respect, so are you. Just in case you're like, why did they give that guy a microphone? <laughs> what, they find him at Subway? No. It was 7-Eleven, okay? No, just kidding. But we look at the life of Jesus and we see him and he comes as a tender warrior, but a warrior nonetheless. I love the quote C.S. Lewis gives uh, in one of the Chronicles of Narnia books. Um, I think it's in the first one. I think it's Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, where these kids are talking about going to see Aslan. And, and one of the kids looks at this character and they say, they're, they're hearing about Aslan, who's kind of like this image of Jesus all through this series of books. And he comes in the form of a lion. Okay. And this kid hears about going to this line and he says, yeah, is he safe? And this character looks back at this child and says, safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he's not safe. But he is good. And he is the king. And I think you have to remember that when we come into the presence of Jesus, is he safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he is good. He's all powerful, but he uses his strength not to hurt you. So often, what is the way of humanity? We use strength to subjugate. We use strength to manipulate. We use strength to build up our own needs at the expense of others around us. In the ways of man, power is a pie. The more you have, the less I have. But the way Jesus operates, his power, it flows like a river that as it flows into my life, it doesn't mean there's any less power flowing into your life. You guys hear what I'm saying, how he's, he's a warrior, but he's a warrior of a different type. And the reality is that in this Christian journey, we have received the mandate of the warrior. That the church is called to a fight, but it's not a fight in the way that we're used to seeing war waged around us in this life. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6, Paul is speaking when he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and we're ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. And I just want to respectfully say to every single person here today and every person who's online that whatever this week holds for you, you need to be in the house of God next week. Because what you are going to be hearing is the direction this church is traveling in in 2021. And I got to be honest, 
Over this year, I've had the opportunity to travel into lots of different rooms of God's church. And not every room is stepping into the year with the heart that you're stepping into it. Not every room has faith and and, and expectation in their worship like we experienced together this morning. It's just not happening that way everywhere. I believe that God has his hand on this church in a very special way. And I just want to take a moment and I just want to commend you. Like, honestly, the fact that you're here today, the fact that you're joining us online, it makes a statement. It says something about this house. It says something about your own personal relationship with Jesus. And I believe it's because of the faithfulness that you have shown that I believe that there's an expansion this church is stepping into in 2021 and in the strategic way in which it factors into the kingdom of God in the mission that this church is being entrusted with, that if I can say this respectfully, that I think it's even greater than your pastors are yet to realize. I believe there's an entrustment that is happening where God is saying, you've been faithful with what I've given you. And yet he looks at the spiritual landscape of this nation. And I believe he sees the heart and the faith and the faithfulness and the expectation. And he's saying, I'm bringing something even greater than even you have known to pray for yet. And yet the reality we have to be aware of is that if you're going to step into it, um, it's not going to be, you know, the way you step into everyday life, nonchalant, with routines like we were talking about earlier. That if this church is going to do what I believe God is standing at the door saying, if you're with me, I'm ready. If you're going to be that sort of a church, I believe you have to take on the mindset of a warrior. And that's the inconvenient truth of this Christian life, that when you step into the promise, you step into a fight. That every piece of ground that you take, you have to understand, we believe in Christian, Orthodox Christian faith, that not only is there a God in heaven who loves you, but there is a Satan that opposes you. There's a heaven to be gained, and there is also a hell that is fraught with real risk and danger. And that every inch of this earth is in a contest for who will receive the worship of that inch. And so that as the church takes ground, that does mean that the enemy is losing ground. And the enemy desires to have more than anything worship. And so what that means is he's not just going to give up the territory to you because you think it's a good idea. It's going to come at a cost. It's going to come only by way of the fight. It's a fight that's not by might. It's not by power. It's by the spirit of God. It's a fight that doesn't rise and fall on how brave you think you are or are not. You could be looking at life right now and saying, I don't feel brave. I look in the mirror. I don't look brave. You know, like I walk down the sidewalk and people don't get out of my way kind of a thing, right? You could be thinking like, I just feel more confused than ever after 2020. I feel more uncertain. I feel more marginalized. I feel more forgotten. I feel more confused than I've ever been before. What are you talking to me about being brave for? I'm just trying to keep my head down and stay out of trouble. Just trying trying to stay ahead of the COVIDs, you know, like whatever. It's where a lot of people are at right now. And yet it's precisely in this time where I believe the church needs to rise up. 
and say, we are not the same spirit as this world. And so we don't live with that limitation. We don't live with that fear. We don't live with that aim small, miss small mindset. We're living with that thought that eye is not seen, ear is not hear, heard. You know, we, we, don't, we can't even conceive what God has prepared for us in this coming year. And I love, I love what, um, there was an Israeli leader, his name was Moshe Dayan, and he said this. He said, some countries have an army. Israel is an army that happens to have a country. For us, the fight is a way of life. Can I tell you something? You'll hear people say that the Christian life is an easy life, but you won't find it in your Bible. Christian life is a fight. It's a battle that will, your, your journey will not be completed on this side of heaven. If you want to know when the fighting stops, it stops when you've breathed your last breath. And that's just the cold hard truth. When do I, when do I get to stop working on my marriage? Well, the moment you want it to implode. That's, that's when you can stop working on your marriage. When do I stop being a parent? Well, we found out with the uh, past couple generations coming up. It's not when they turn 18. They just keep coming back like that neighborhood cat, right? It's like, you again. Oh, wait, that's my son. Okay. Help him, Jesus. You know, it's like, wow, okay? There's never a moment where you stop being a parent. Once that child has entered the world, you're, you, it's a watershed passing moment that you never go back to that life beforehand. You can't undo the heart of a parent in your mind. You can't turn it off. And some kids are like, I wish they could. Okay. <laughs> and yet in this Christian life, same thing. There's never a moment where the journey stops and the battles are over. It's just the reality of this side of eternity in the expansion of the kingdom of God. Now, make no mistake. The kingdom will expand with or without you. But it is your great blessing to be invited to be a part of it and so just so none of us you know walk around with you know big head syndrome or something um this church will take ground with or without you god will build his church and it doesn't rise and fall on the gift or the talent of one individual it is a gift it is a privilege it is an honor to be a part of what god is doing it is an honor to be a part of the fight it is an honor to be a part of something that doesn't just change the quarterly results of a business or, or some of these other things. We are building something that heaven and earth will fade away. But the fruit that comes out of your life and what you do in this house is of eternal impact. And so how do we fight that battle? Paul breaks it down in that passage we were reading through earlier today. And, and the first part of it I shared in the first service was that we fight this battle through generating a greater spiritual receptivity and awareness. You got to remember that the fight we're fighting, it's, it's not a fight in the flesh. It's a fight in the spirit. All right. The second service I talked about how this fight is, is, is or how this battle is won is that we win it through walking in humility. And then the third thing I want to share um, this morning with the time we have left, it comes out of the last two verses in that 2 Corinthians 10 passage. And I want to read verses 5 and 6. He, he, goes, he says this, we read it earlier, but he says, We are destroying speculations 
and every lofty thing, someone say everything, everything. raised up against the knowledge of God. So what he's saying is there are things in this life that you can believe that are actually in opposition to God and truth. And he says everything that's against that, we're, we're destroying it. We take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. It's amazing to me how many churches you can go into this day and age and you hear about grace, but you don't hear about obedience. Where I can hear about the promise, but it's pain-free. It's, it's just give me the pill Christianity. Like, do, I really have to, do I really have to get that gym membership? Do I really have to change the, the, the foods that I take into my body? Do I really have to change the way that I approach sleep? Do I, do I really have to? There's got to be an easy way, like a, a lotto card trip to hell. Just scratch and poof, it's there. And we live in a world that is brilliant at hacking life, but there's no hacking of your spirituality. It just doesn't exist. It is not there. That is why Jesus was speaking and he says, how broad is the road that leads to destruction, narrow is the road that leads to life. And he talked about the difference between those two roads, but he never said that his will was anyone would be on the broad road. It's his will that you would walk the road that leads to life. But the reality is it doesn't just unpack itself. He says, we're ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. And I think the third and final step that I felt the Holy Spirit putting on my heart to share with this incredible church as you get ready to step into 2021 is that in the fight that's ahead of us, we must remove mixture from our lives. We have to remove mixture. Those places where we're content with making Jesus look more like us rather than making ourselves look more like him. It's not, it's not a popular thing to talk about this day and age. You may have been born that way. People wrote chart-topping songs about that. Just accept it. It's the way I was born. This is the way I've always thought. This is the family I came from. This is the way we live our lives. And a lot of churches say, or, you know, a lot of, a lot of sectors of Christendom will, will, will challenge that. And I look at it and I'm like, that's a non-issue to me. I have no problem with believing you were born that way. It doesn't change the fact that the scripture says I was born steeped in sin. And whether you think you were born in a good way or you were born in a broken way or you have no idea what form you were born in makes no difference. That the Christian story is not about adding Jesus to your life like your favorite dish on a buffet, but it's about putting your entire life in his hands and saying, it's your kingdom come. It's your will be done. Not in their life, in my life. You see, in a nation right now where we talk about how there's, it's, it's amazing to me. I, 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 there's no shortage of conversations I can have with people 
that are, that are telling me about all the racists that are running around in this nation. But I haven't seen a single person who's been willing to say, yeah, I prayed and I asked God to reveal racism in me. This nation will never change as long as we're happy to just spot racism in the hearts of others and never find it in our own hearts. As long as I run around and say, God, bring your kingdom to them, but don't let your kingdom come in me, then I am guaranteeing that wherever I go, the kingdom of God can't follow. And that's why it's important that we don't let mixture into our lives. And the reality is, is before we ever have any place of helping other people on this journey of Christian living, we must first make sure that the same scalpel of the word that we use to cut into the hearts of others, that we use it to cut into our own hearts first. Lord God, search my heart. Man, if there's any way within me, God, deal with that thing. Deal with that place. Deal with that space. I think about the words of Peter, a man who was passionately following Jesus, and he had a moment where he just blew it. He had a moment where he was on the verge of just really going through just a pressure cooker of a moment of his faith where he didn't like the man that he saw in the mirror after the fact. And before he steps into all of it, Jesus spoke these words to him in Luke 22. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And you, when once you have turned again, you will strengthen your brothers. You see, that word for fail in the Greek is eklepo. And it literally means this, to leave out, to leave off. So what Jesus was praying for Peter in that moment, that your faith fails when you have those areas where you don't let Jesus into it. That failure of faith is when I have that area and I say, Jesus, you can't cross this line. Yeah, Jesus, I want the power of your presence in church on Sunday. But man, Wednesday, when I'm in that board meeting, I just, I gotta, I gotta wear my power suit and I just gotta do, I gotta do what I gotta do to make the money. So Jesus, don't follow me into that meeting. Jesus, I, I, I wanna know your love on Sunday, but man, I just have this other area of my life where I just feel like, I still need this in my life. Could be a Friday night thing. Could be that website that you don't have in your favorites, but you got it memorized. I don't know what that place, I don't know what that space, I don't know what that thing is. But the reality is, is mixture there's a weird thing in your life. I'm going to ask Magno to come up here for a second. Help me out. I asked him before I came up here if I could get his help with this. So I'm, I'm approved to shake his hand in this current day and age, okay? It, here's the thing with how mixture works in your life. It will get you to think that it's all on your terms. And so here right now, I'm shaking Magno's hand and we're hanging out here. And have you ever had that moment where you're shaking someone's hand and they thought the shake ended and it didn't? 
or you thought the shake ended and it didn't. And it's like, all right, Magno, I'll see you. You can go now. And he's walking away, but I just bring him right back. That's what mixture does. All right, you know what? I've had enough. I'm going to go walk in freedom this week. But he's not walking in freedom. You see, because mixture, I love what Jensen Franklin says. Mixture will fascinate and then it will assassinate. Mixture will thrill you and then it will kill you. Mixture will take you further than you want to go. And it will keep you longer than you want to stay. And he's standing here right now like, bro, I got to go take notes. This is good preaching. And I'm not letting him go. Mixture. You can go. Yes. He's like, can I go now? But in all seriousness, I love that he asked that. You see, at first you think you're leading mixture, but after a while you start asking mixture for permission. Can I leave now? Are you done with me? Can I, can I leave now? Is, is, is it okay to go? And the thing that you, you fell for the lie, that you have control of it, you all of a sudden realize it has control of you. Paul is speaking to the people of Corinth. Now listen, Corinth was a crazy place. Historians now believe that in Corinth, there were 34 major deities in one city. Can you even think up 34 gods? I don't even know if I could think up 34 off the top of my head. One city state in the ancient world, 34 gods that had enough of a following that we have found temples committed to each one of these gods. And the crazy thing about the ancient Greek world is that the idea of exclusivity was repulsive. It was offensive to the ancient Greek mind that one God would claim preeminence over all the others. And so Paul is speaking to this community where they were used to this idea of, I'll take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And Paul shows up and he says, obedience. This isn't a part-time love affair. You can't follow God with half your heart and when it doesn't turn out, say that the book's a lie. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I hope you hear a heart of love. And, and here's the good news is I'm back in Virginia Beach next week. Pastor Anthony picks up the pieces. I'll give you his email address. Just kidding. I'm just kidding, Pastor Anthony. I won't do that. I'll give them Magnos. Okay. Um, you see, Paul was serious about following Jesus with the entirety of your life. It wasn't about, I got my fire insurance. Okay, I'm good. No, he was serious. I mean, think about it for a moment. I've been, I've been married to my wife 14 years now. And imagine we're on our first date, which happened to be this awesome Cuban restaurant called Havana's down in Virginia Beach. It's always the will of God. And imagine I was driving her home and I'm getting ready to turn into her neighborhood. And she goes, oh no, just, just keep driving. And I look at her, I'm like, but you live back there. You told me to take you home afterwards. She's like, yeah, but this did not happen, just to be clear, okay? But imagine she looked at me and she's like, yeah, but um, I'm actually running late now for my next date with Steve. So I just need you to take me straight to the movie theaters and drop me off for my date with him. 
What would you do if that happened? I would be like, oh, look, stoplight. Bye-bye. You can, you know, just walk your own way to the movie theater. No, ma'am. And you know what's crazy? We do the same thing to Jesus all the time. Jesus, I want the salvation, but I want purity on my terms. Jesus, I, I, I want the, the, the blessings, but I don't want to do the whole tithing, kingdom building thing. I want to build my own kingdom. God, I, I, I want the promise of health, but I'm really not into all the hard work that goes into having health in my marriage. That God, I want you in these areas of my life, but here, this is like, I got a two-year-old now, so forgive me. Like, this is like Beauty and the Beast, West Wing. You shouldn't go over there. Anyone who, you know what I'm talking about. Was it the West Wing or East Wing? It was the West Wing, which is where the president lives as well. That's kind of weird. Okay. All right. Anyway, West Wing, just don't go there. You shouldn't be in this place. And sometimes we, we treat the presence of God in our lives. Like, oh, yeah, God, yeah, no, you shouldn't be here get out of here. Don't talk to me about that. I just want to ask a simple question to every Christ follower in this place. Every person who's following Jesus. Someone asks you, you would say, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm talking to people who would say yes to that. Where are you living contrary what you know the word of God says and you have gotten comfortable with it where's it happening I want to be honest it's not a question of if it's where where where's it happening what's that sin that used to just bring you to tears that now it's just another day another quick prayer where's that place Paul was talking to incredible people living in an incredibly different difficult world he looked at him with a heart full of love and said, we don't fit Jesus into our culture. We bring our culture into obedience of the cross of Christ. And I don't want to give specifics because the moment I start giving specifics, if I don't give your specific, you just go, whew, that wasn't a word for me. Man, where's the Holy Spirit just knocking at the door of your heart right now. That thing, that thing, that thing where we have been happy with mixture. I, I praying for you as a church and preparing for this Sunday since the Holy Spirit challenged me to challenge you and to challenge myself, might I add, Where am I trying to love, the, love Jesus? I almost said the Jesus. 
Where am I trying to love Jesus and keep the world? And can I tell you something? If you're not asking the question, it's already happening. Because we live immersed in a culture, in a culture that is conditioning you to sell your soul for this world. And so if we don't live with a, an awareness, ask ourselves that question, then it's already happening. And that's just the honest truth. So where in our lives do we have the mixture? And I wanna encourage you today, shame off you. There's a higher way in Jesus Christ. And he or she who the sun sets free is free indeed. Free entirely. Not mostly, not three quarters of the way, not majority. You are well and truly free. And so if you have gotten used to following Jesus, but thinking that there's an area where you'll forever have a limp called sin, I just wanna pray for you right now that you could have a renewed hunger to step out from under whatever that thing is. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, you love Jesus, but you know that there are some areas in your heart where mixture is present. Man, I just wanna pray for you. If that, that's you in this place. Just go ahead. No one looking around but me right now. Just go ahead and lift a hand saying, Joe, I love Jesus, but I have mixture. There's mixture in my heart. And I want to be a part of this next season in our church. And I want to do it free of guilt, free of shame, free of mixture. Pray for me right now. If that's you, go ahead, lift a hand high enough, long enough for me to see it. And just keep it up. Just keep it up. Part of the, part of the first step to stepping free of mixture is putting down the facade. It's putting down the mask and saying, I'm not gonna play games anymore and pretend like this is okay. Keep your hand up if it's you. Yep, other Christians in here and you've got that internal tug of war right now and you're thinking, what'll they think? I'll tell you what people will think. If they happen to look, number one, they shouldn't be looking. But if they did look, it's just showing them you're a fighter and you want the best life that Jesus has promised you. So anyone else in here, and that's you, just go ahead and lift your hand. Still more hands are going up. Still more people choosing to not let this moment of freedom pass them by. I love it. Awesome. Lord Jesus, I thank you for every single hand that is lifted right now. And Jesus, I pray that, Father God, as we do what Paul uh, warned us, taught us to do, that we bring every area that sets itself up against you into obedience to you. Lord God, I pray right now that strength would begin to flow, that faith would begin to flow, that God, where maybe some spiritual scar tissue is developed and a seared conscience has set in. I pray for a fresh conscience. I pray for the ability to hear your voice where your voice has gone distant, that we would hear that voice that says, this is a new way and you can walk in it. Lord God, I pray that where shame is keeping people down, that it would be removed in the name of Jesus, that where guilt is keeping them from lifting their head, that guilt would bow its knee in your presence right now. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would put a hunger and a yearning for righteousness in the heart of every person whose hands lifted. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Every head bow, every eye closed, just a moment more. You're in this place and you're saying, Joe, I'm hearing what you're saying and I've never opened my life to Jesus, but 
I, I realized from how you talked about him today that he loves me and he has a plan and he has a purpose for my life. And if Jesus is who you say he is, I want to know a Jesus like that. If that's you in this place, I'm going to count to three. And just like no one's privacy was interrupted earlier, no one's going to interrupt your privacy now. But I want to know who I'm praying with and who I'm praying for in this moment. You're in here and you're saying, Joe, I wanna follow Jesus. I've been living life the best I know on my own, but, but I sense that presence of sin in my life. I sense that there's something keeping me out of God's presence as you've been talking today. And I don't wanna live with that thing holding my hand any longer. I don't wanna live life asking it for permission. I wanna live in the freedom of Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. That's you in this place this morning. Then one, two, three. Go ahead, put your hand up right now. There's a hand right there, another hand 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 here, another hand here, another hand here, another hand here, another hand over here. I see two more hands over there. I saw another hand here and I think I saw this hand up earlier over there. Anyone else and you haven't lifted your hand yet and you're saying, I want, I want Jesus. I want freedom. I want life. I want to know what you're talking about personally today, Joe. Anyone else in here? You haven't yet lifted your hand. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're going to pray a prayer together right now. Everyone say, dear Jesus, I need you. And so right now, I confess that I've made a mess and I can't clean it up. But I believe that you can and I trust you. And I believe that you love me and have a purpose for my life. So Jesus, my life is now yours. I'm trusting you. I'm following you. Thank you for your grace. I receive it as a gift in realizing I could never earn this. Thank you for loving me. I am now a child of God. Amen and amen.